Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. When was the last time you bought something from Amazon? Last week? Yesterday? Waiting on a package right now? (laughs) No doubt. Amazon is a very popular company with millions of people and millions of people more have a big love for the company, me included. However, as wonderful as Amazon is, they do have a side of their business that some would consider creepy. In fact, some people say it's getting creepier and creepier each passing day. Find out what I mean after this. To fully understand the privacy of Facebook and how it's likely to evolve, you need to understand one thing. Facebook executives want everyone to be public. As the service evolves, executives tend to favor our open access to information, meaning information you think is private will slowly become public. But that doesn't mean you can't be private if you want to. Facebook gives its users the option to lock things down, but users need to be aware of their controls how to use them, and how to prepare for the future Facebook privacy changes. Facebook has not and will not make information obvious, and that's where my special offer comes in. Go to jimstroud.com free and download the very unofficial Facebook privacy manual. That's jimstroud.com free to download your free copy of the very unofficial Facebook privacy manual. One last time, download it now at jimstroud.com free. Operators are standing by. Quite recently, Amazon filed a patent for technology that could one day scan your face, identify who you are, figure out the kind of work you do, and potentially track you as you move around. (laughs) Check out these quotes from BuzzFeed. The patent application, which was filed in August 2017 and made public on Thursday, offers insight into Amazon's possible ambitions for recognition, the company's powerful facial recognition tool that is aggressively pitching to law enforcement agencies across the United States. The technology could, for example, tell that a tracked individual is Alan Brewer based on facial data plus unique identifiers that make it clear it is identifying a specific Alan Brewer using, say, his residence. Brewer could then be classified as, for instance, an accountant after the system evaluates the clothing that the individual is wearing, identifies the individual as Alan Brewer, and then determines that Alan Brewer is an accountant, according to the patent. When a certain object or person is being tracked, the patent says the technology could make use of metadata to add even more details to what it knows about the individual, and it could update identity information for that person. Associations would be maintained and monitored over time. (laughs) It could detect uniforms that connect an individual to a particular group, such as a law enforcement officer or a member of a sports team, the patent says. So what do you think of that? Is an all-seeing and non-blinking eye a bit too 1984 for you? (laughs) 
Amazon doesn't subscribe to such feelings. They have maintained that recognition has many useful applications like finding missing children and preventing package theft. Amazon even went so far as to offer Congress a set of guidelines for facial recognition technologies and claimed it had not received a single report of misuse by law enforcement over the software. To which I would have to wonder, just because it had not happened yet, doesn't mean it would not ever happen. But I digress. What do you think of this? Amazon already knows a lot about you, but they want to know more. Amazon is running a study that is looking for volunteers who will allow their bodies to be 3D scanned. Amazon says the study is to learn about diversity among body shapes. Here's a quote from Fast Company. Volunteers will go to Amazon's Union Square office in New York City where they will be weighed and have their height measured. 3D scans, photos, and videos will then be taken of them in their everyday clothing. Next, Amazon will give them form-fitting clothing to wear. Women, you'll get a bikini or form-fitting shorts and sports bra to wear. And another set of 3D scans, photos, and videos will be taken. For all this, one of the richest companies in the history of the world will give participants a $25 Amazon gift card. The study is run by Amazon Body Labs, which creates detailed 3D models for gaming and shopping. Amazon doesn't say what the data it collects from volunteers will be used for specifically, only that it will be exclusively for internal product research and not for marketing purposes. It is possible the data will be used to improve the capabilities of Amazon's style assistant camera, the Echo Look. Oh, I just thought about this. Do you know what the Echo Look is? It's a device that sits on a table or a dresser and snaps photos and videos by Alexa voice controls, uh, with the results appearing in a companion app. The app uses uh, algorithms and fashion experts to help users figure out what they want to wear. You have to be an Amazon Prime customer to get one, and even then, it's by invitation only, uh, at least for now, uh, for the low, 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 low price of $199. I'm curious, very curious, uh, would you put that in the cool category or the creepy category? Now, hold that thought, at least until I point out one more thing Amazon is doing. Amazon is working on a wearable gadget that can understand a user's emotional state. <laughs> yeah, the device will figure out a wearer's emotions by analyzing the sound of his or her voice. Wow. Here's a quote from Bloomberg about that. Amazon.com Incorporated is developing a voice-activated wearable device that can recognize human emotions. The wrist-worn gadget is described as a health and wellness product in internal documents reviewed by Bloomberg. It's a collaboration between Lab 126, the hardware development group behind Amazon's Fire Phone and Echo Smart Speaker, and the Alexa voice software team. Designed to work with a smartphone app, the device has microphones paired with software that can discern the wearable's emotional state from the sound of his or her voice, according to the documents and a person familiar with the program. Eventually, the technology could be able to advise the wearer how to interact more effectively with others, the documents show. 
It's unclear how far along the project is or if it will ever become a commercial device. Facial recognition, tracking your movements, knowing the exact dimensions of your body and even your various moods in real time. Do you find some or all of this stuff Amazon is doing creepy or cool? Well, I suspect your viewpoint depends on whether or not you are in favor of the nothing to hide argument. Do you, do you know that argument? It is typically uh, referenced in relation to government surveillance. It goes like this. Government surveillance programs do not threaten privacy unless they uncover illegal activities and that if they do uncover illegal activities, the person committing these activities, uh, they don't have the right to keep them private. Such being the case, a person who favors this argument would say, I've got nothing to hide and therefore does not express opposition to government surveillance. Furthermore, that person may say, a person should not worry about government or surveillance if they've got nothing to hide. But is that true? Without a doubt, tech companies had a very open stance with their users' uh, data because, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, surveillance capitalism was and is their business model. Back in 2009, the former CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, said this during a CNBC interview. People are treating Google like their most trusted friend. Should they be? Well, I think judgment matters. Eric Schmidt is Google's CEO. If you have something that you don't want anyone to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. But if you really need that kind of privacy, the reality is that search engines, including Google, do retain this information for some time. Um, and it's important, for example, that you, we are all subject in the United States to the Patriot Act. It is possible that that information could be made available to the authorities. And around that same 2009 time frame, Facebook outraged civil liberty campaigners after introducing new privacy settings that dramatically increased the amount of personal information people expose online. Fast forward to May 2019, after numerous controversies surrounding the exploitation of their users' data, here, Facebook CEO made light of it all at a developer conference, as reported by CNBC. Facebook announcing a complete redesign of its mobile app and testing out a system that would hide likes on Instagram at its developer conference yesterday. And then Mark Zuckerberg making a joke on privacy that did not exactly land with the audience there. I know that we don't exactly have the, the strongest reputation on privacy right now, to put it lightly. But I'm committed to doing this well and to starting a new chapter for our, our products. A lot to unpack out of F8, but uh, was that supposed to get a laugh, Jim? Wow. Jeez, uh, he's really tone deaf. As of this podcast, Facebook is in the middle of efforts to rebrand itself as a champion of privacy. But I am skeptical of them and Google for that matter. In fact, the more I learn about how tech companies openly and secretly gather data on us all, the more privacy conscious I become. And it's not because I have something to hide. It's because I have something I want to protect, my freedom. <laughs> let, me give you, uh, let me give you three things to consider. Consideration number one. Do you know what a world without privacy is truly like? It would be a world with no doctor-patient confidentiality. 
no attorney-client privilege, no way to maintain important business secrets, no way for reporters to maintain confidential sources, no way for whistleblowers to report wrongdoing at their workplaces. But that's just in general. Let me get more specific. Uh, the Chinese censor the news and monitor internet traffic to identify potential dissidents and send them to re-education camps. The Chinese also have a national social credit score where doing things like speaking out against the government or talking to someone who does uh, may block your ability to travel or get a job. In Bangladesh, bloggers who speak out against Islam are murdered when their online identities are tied to their real-life identities. You see, in a very real way, the less privacy you have, the less free you are. Consideration number two. People who have your data today are not necessarily the people who have access to it tomorrow. It is important to realize that collected information is permanent, especially in this day and age. So the question becomes, not can you trust people with your data, but can you trust people with your data for the entirety of your life? Think about this. The Axis powers in World War II used detailed dossiers gathered by countries long before the war even began and they use that information to effectively find and exterminate Jewish citizens. Facebook data is actively used against us by political actors, both domestic and foreign. In Egypt, they monitor the internet and social media to find and punish gay people. And the Iranians use the web to find people who violate religious law who are then charged with, quote, spreading corruption on earth, end quote. And finally, consideration number three. Daniel J. Solov is a professor of law at the George Washington University Law School. He is well known for his academic work on privacy and for popular books on how privacy relates with IT. He stated in an article for the Chronicle of Higher Education that he opposes the nothing to hide argument. He stated that a government can leak information about a person and cause damage to that person or use information about a person to deny access to services, even if a person did not actually engage in wrongdoing, and that a government can cause damage to one's personal life through making errors. I think that assertion is especially astute in light of this. Trudeau government set up the Passenger Protect Inquiries Office just last summer in June, and they said that they would help families uh, and people whose names were wrongly listed on no-fly lists. Now, uh, among them, many families who say their children are on these lists and share the names of some suspected terrorists. Now, after appealing to the office, many of these families uh, say since this office has been set up, there have, has been no change in their frustrations and their troubles at the airport. We heard from Khadija Kaji. We spoken to her uh, a couple times before and uh, she and her husband Suleiman Ahmed their seven-year-old son Adam uh, is on one of these lists and again on a recent uh, trip or recent flight to Montreal they uh, face the same delays that they have been facing since he was six weeks old they were on their way to a Montreal hockey game with their grandparents so a lot of frustration there and his mother says that she worries about what happens when her son reaches the yet. age of 18 and other kids uh, once they hit that age. Take a listen. The main concern, for example, is, you know, for the older boys especially, who want to travel by themselves, um, how do they get to do this without any fear of being caught up, you know, in some bad situation? 
there is no assurance for them. And that's the concern for us. We don't want our boys to have the stigma over them for the rest of their lives. So does all this mean I should not enjoy all of the technological advances of our day? No, not at all. I enjoy modern conveniences as much as the next guy. I just want tech companies to be more transparent so consumers can make a more educated decision about what and how much technology they use every day. Maybe we should put a label on some of these tech products like they do cigarettes. Warning. Facebook is designed to be addictive and has been known to cause depression and suicidal thoughts. Warning. Everything said to and around Alexa will be recorded and shared with Amazon employees. Warning. All things done on Google and its products are tracked and sold to third parties, often without your knowledge. Huh. Imagine that. I can see the pigs flying already. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.